These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm -hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Open Journal. I hope you're well, hope things are good for you this fortnight. I'm delighted to say that we're joined by a new guest for this episode. So Elle is with us today. We're going to be talking about a few different topics, including workplace well-being and everything that has been kind of workplace well-being over the last couple of years. Uh... Elle's experience with borderline personality disorder, being a creative music person uh, and also her experience in the Miss Great Britain competition last year as well. We also reflect a little bit on Elle being part of the Mental Health Blog Awards last year. So some really cool conversations. I really hope you enjoy listening in. And as always, if you want to find out more about Elle, you can find her links towards the end of our conversation, but also in the podcast show notes as well. So lots of different ways to, to follow up on our conversation today. Hopefully you enjoy our conversation. And if you do, please do leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps other people discover the podcast and the conversations that we're having here as well. And if you are interested maybe in sharing your own lived experience, insights or knowledge, you can find information about being a podcast guest on the website, which is openjournalbc.com. Thank you so much for continuing to support and listen and subscribe to the podcast. I really hope you enjoy our conversation. I enjoyed having it. So a big thank you to Elle for sharing her insights and her experiences. And here's this podcast's conversation. But it's really nice to, to sit down and to have a chance to talk. I think we've already mentioned, actually, we've spoken a couple of times, but not really properly. So it's really nice to be able to sit down and have a conversation on this very, very warm day. Um, but how are you doing? How's your week been? Yeah, I've been good, thank you. Just, you know, it's, it's been, it's help. It's really helpful that it's so warm out there. Like I have to say, I think everyone's mood just lifts and the days are so long, like the evenings, like it doesn't get dark until like 10 so you know it, it's all good like I've, i enjoy the, the hot weather i've got my paddling pool out in the garden i've been sat out there for a bit yes yeah, not bad not bad how about yourself yeah how you? the kind of, well without the luxury of the paddling pool <laughs> um it's been really warm and like i think a week and a half ago now we went to a pride event and it was it nice. was really nice and sunny but in the morning when i looked for the weather it looked like it was going to be kind of cloudy so i'd taken a jumper and worn shorts and it was just it was very warm like it was yeah I had some red legs red arms at the end of that um <laughs> so yeah like, it wasn't too bad but to come back and then have yeah. we've had like yeah a week and a half of really really nice warm weather um I yeah I could have done with one or two days of rain in the middle there just to break it up really but it's yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice it's nice it's hot I think we're, I think we're scheduled for some more like like this week, I think it's going to be nice. Maybe Friday, Saturday, it might rain. But um, this is now a weather podcast. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it, it does help. Speaking of mental health and going into that realm, it definitely helps my mental health when the weather's nice. Um, and sometimes it's nice to just sit in bed as well. So, you know, that those rainy days are good as well sometimes when you just want to chill. And you I, want yeah, to I, I am. I, you know I, I like a sunny day. Like the extended yes. warm weather is not for me. Whether it's a red hair or not, I don't know. But it's I, I I'd lean towards the cooler weather. I don't mind the rain. The rain's fine. 
um yeah i think i, I like a, a, a nice day that you can go out and enjoy that day yeah. but like extended period of it is a bit too much for me i get too warm too frustrated fair enough well i mean i think the houses as well in the uk are just not built for the heat because we they retain the heat they don't let it out so and they're just built differently to you know europe where you know france greece italy where the houses are literally open plan and it's cool and we're not here i don't know where you're based but i'm not based by the sea so it's probably warmer i'm quite near london so it's not <laughs> it's, <great. laughs> it's quite warm but it's fine i've got my paddling pool it's fine we're all good we're good <laughs> yeah yeah that. it's, it's having that space oh, outside yeah. as well isn't it like i know um we're briefly talking about work earlier and it's the the working from home aspect i think it's such a luxury i've yeah. noticed talking to people that don't have outside spaces so yeah. you don't really think of even if you're not using it just to be able to look out at it and have it I think is a huge thing but now the weather is kind of picked up being able to if you want to go outside I think is a massive thing for those people that are kind of working and um, spending a lot of their time at home or kind of in a, a similar location yeah I think working from home definitely helps me because because I've got mental health issues and because I have quite a lot of anxiety for me I can just get on mm. with my job and as long as I do my job my boss doesn't care where I do it from as long as I get it done um they're just happy that I'm happy so yeah so as long as long as I'm happy and and the job gets done and people clients aren't complaining or the, the service is slow and I have to say I get really distracted when I'm at work so when I'm by myself I'm actually I'm actually more chill I can just get it done I um I I don't I do think that the whole you know COVID in a, in a whole was quite tragic for a lot of people but I think for some people especially a lot of people with mental health issues funnily enough it really it I, I can only speak for myself but I think a lot of people who do have anxiety that was so ironic that was so like contradicting I can only speak for myself but I think a lot of people anyway a lot of people who I have spoken to and me personally when you're when you're at home and you're in your own space you flourish and there's a lot of things that I can do now during the day that I wasn't able to do when I was just working. You know, when you're eight, when you're nine to five working someone else's dream in an office space, it is quite depressing. When you're sat at home doing the job, you can go on your break when you need to. You can take a break by yourself without anyone else seeing you if you need that break. Do you know what I mean? Like if I need like five minute breather because mental health is bad or I'm having a bad mental health day, I don't even need to get out of my pajamas. I can just be in my pajamas. And like, you know, if I'm having a really bad mental health day, I can work from bed, still get paid, still do the job to a standard, but still protect myself and stay safe. And at work, when you're sat in an office all day, you've got other people around you. And for me, sometimes making small talk and just being there is sometimes really difficult. So personally, for me, I think it's been a godsend. And luckily, I work for a mental health charity. So they are keeping the, the working from home, I believe, going forward. And it's like blended. So where when we're needed to go into the office then for meetings and whatever we'll go in and do whatever we need to do but predominantly at the moment fingers crossed we will be continuing as we are um and covid hasn't really gone anywhere either so i think that's another thing that there is still that worry around covid and we're having that other the next wave now so yeah long may this continue like like i said on friday when it was really hot i had my feet in the paddling pool i was working for my ipad what a better way to start the summer you know, like I said, my mental health is so much better because I'm able to go outside and just sit outside when I wasn't able to do it's that. It's funny the different things, isn't it? That kind of some of them are yeah. really obvious ones, like when you were talking about yeah. kind of managing our mental health and if we're experiencing illnesses and symptoms, like that ability yeah. to continue to work and get things done. I, I feel like that's an obvious one, but that's I think because we're in that field and we have those conversations. But it's the small things as well that I've really noticed. Like I can't. I, I've <laughs> realized probably too late that pretty much every conversation I've had with people about kind of this working from home or going into the office and I'm like yeah but at home I've got my own toilet and like uh, that seems to have made quite a big difference to me because I mention it in every conversation <laughs> I mean exactly you've got your own space you yeah. can, and you can wear I know like appearance shouldn't be a thing but you can wear what you want and you can just enjoy wearing like tracksuit bottoms in the winter your onesie you name it you can put it on and for me as well the commute yeah. um because I my office is in a neighboring town so it's about 20 minute maybe 10 minute 20 minute drive and for me again with my anxiety and having to commute 
the the prices of fuel mm. have gone up considerably before lockdown it's so much cheaper to just run your house if that makes sense so like i would rather pay a little bit more for my electricity and work from home on my laptop than pay extravagant amount for fuel every bloody day mm. or month or whatever and and have to sit there and commute and the commute can be really stressful you know you can get stuck in traffic you can be late for work and the main thing I've noticed is when I am having a bad mental health day or when I'm unwell, like sick, physically sick, I sometimes don't even call in sick. I just get on with my job at home. You know, the amount of money mm. companies must have saved over this, this period because, yeah, people can just get on with it. They don't need to be like, oh, I'm ill. I can't come into work. Sorry. You just can't, you just get on with it. Like if you can. Um, and I, I just think it's revolutionary. Mm. I, I honestly, I think in some ways this that part of lockdown was what we really needed as as a nation i think in the uk especially we do we do rush things we do you know like if you think about when it's september a lot of shops are already thinking about christmas like if it, everything's so rushed and everything's so like strategic strategized you know oh christmas then after that we've got dry january it's always the same every year and i think with lockdown when it came in it kind of shattered mm. that and there was so much more important things that people were thinking about so much more like things that actually affected them you know Beth, like it just affected everyone differently but i think everything was put into perspective is what i'm trying to say everything was was we were shown a different way of living and especially in the uk i think everything we're, we're so rushed off our feet we're always busy we're always you know mm. stressed mm. we are and and i think it's just helped so well i think i think it has helped so many people it's definitely helped me out um, with everything I just feel so much more calm it's that big break isn't it that was I don't know that it was needed because no one would have said it was needed but it, it's the impact it has had is massive to have had that opportunity to just stop everything for a period of time to reevaluate, for people to have thought about um, how they're working why they're working where they're working um, yeah. there's some not necessarily now but I think last year it felt like there were a lot of conversations about um is this really the job that I want to be doing or am I ready to retire a bit early if I can um yeah. do I want to be going on to do like this particular course or this particular training there was a lot of kind of re-evaluation yeah. I think which as you're saying like having the mental space as well as the time um I think yeah. it's such a it's just a huge cultural change and I think I feel it's very noticeable now like even at the start of this year I don't think we were quite there but now it feels very much like things are gradually now returning to very similar to how they were before um and it's mm. looking at kind of how do how do we keep that from not necessarily happening and keeping, like you say, all of these really cool practices that have been put in place and making sure that they yeah. stay for the people that need them and want them. That's it, that's it. And as you know, everyone is different. Everyone presents differently, even with the same diagnosis, we all present differently. And this way of working and this sort of way of going forward, <laughs> can... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this way of going forward is, like, like you said it's revolutionary I think we have to make sure that everyone's happy and by doing that there's a lot of people that liked the mm. old way I personally never liked it I mean I've, I've been training for this a lot I was training for lockdown in my life you know I said to my mum you know when I was a kid and I was sat in front of the tv and you called me lazy when I was just chilling in front of the tv now we're saving the world like we've been training for this <laughs> for years you know sat in front of the tv watching Netflix stay at home save lives I thought you know it was served them right for <laughs> calling me lazy when I was a kid when I was doing it you know, and yeah, I just I just think that everyone it, it, it has been a bit of a cultural change and especially with places like my work, there have been a lot of places that have just forced people mm, to go back. Yeah. And I don't I don't agree with that at all. I think I think there has to be that happy medium where you, we are socializing, we are trying to make sure that we maintain that social aspect of our job. However, as long as the work gets done and, and all jobs are different, all companies are different. I, I appreciate that. But I think especially with the influx of the the cost of living going up I think it almost happened in the right order you know what I mean it almost I don't want to say it because I know Covid was such a tragic thing to happen but we've had this silly virus and now the cost of living has gone up and because we've got the working from home in place already a lot of companies are going to go well sod this we're not going to pay rent for an office people can just work from home 
it's almost happened in the right in the right order for the right reasons and I hate saying that because obviously there have been so much there's been a lot of tragedy around it and I appreciate that it's not been it's not been easy for people but I always try and look at the positives of everything and you know it's different um, aspects luckily. isn't it it's different aspects to no, the I mean, thing like yeah. it doesn't take away from the experience that some people no, have had it's like you say talking no. about the and we're talking quite specifically about working environments as well here so I think it's yeah it's really important to look back and go yeah there will have been parts of the last two year two plus years um where we have learned things that are actually really beneficial to people um sometimes ourselves but sometimes other people um and experiences hopefully within a a two-year period that you know people have enjoyed parts of that um and found some really useful or or pleasurable things during that time as well hopefully in two years hopefully they can be small things but hopefully there's something in there um we've talked a little bit obviously about your your kind of work environment and things like that but really interesting to hear a little bit more about you for maybe some of the people that haven't heard or um interacted with you before I know like we've I I feel very privileged that I've heard you speak at the mental health blog awards last year so um have a little bit more knowledge about some of the things that you've been doing but be really interesting just to hear for people that maybe haven't heard you speak before or or aren't aware of you already so hi everyone. My name is Elle Celine. Um, I'm based in Surrey. I am a mental health worker by day and I'm also a musician as well. So I make music. A lot of the music I make is mental health orientated. Like a lot of the songs that I write are about my own story and about who I am and about, you know, everyday life things that I feel like I would relate to if I needed that support, if that makes sense. Um, I also do a lot of talks around body image and body neutrality in schools and colleges as well so a lot of local schools and colleges have had me talk to them about what it means to sort of not love your body because I don't think we can love our body every single day I think that's a very unrealistic goal for a lot of people especially people with mental health issues but appreciate your body appreciate how far it's got you and look at the other sides of it not just the appearance of it but things that it's helped you go through Um, so I do a lot of those sort of talks at colleges and schools which is really it helps me as well because I've always had issues with my own body and growing up wasn't very easy for me in that aspect so being that person that I needed when I was a kid in school is kind of an honor really to be able to say that I I go and do that um yeah and my work I, I do love my job I do love what I do and and as Mike said I did come to the mental health blog awards last year and I talked about BPD and stigma I've got a diagnosis of BPD myself for those who don't know what that is that's borderline personality disorder there's a lot in the media at the moment about borderline personality disorder. There's a lot of stigma. And one of my sort of goals in life, I guess, is to remind people that everyone is different and remind people that a diagnosis is not a life sentence. It's an explanation, not an excuse for things and, and certain things like that to help people, I guess, understand their diagnosis. Like I really needed that support when I was younger. I didn't have someone like me saying, you know what, it's OK that you're different. It's OK that you do these things. Um, and this is how you can sort of benefit yourself and support yourself and others supporting you. Um, and I, I pride myself on being that person, as I said before, for others to try and help them understand themselves. But also I'm, I'm healing myself as I'm doing it, if that makes sense, because I'm I'm putting back what I lost into the world. Um, and that's, like I said, a true honour to be able to do that. For people. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think it is it is really interesting hearing you talk about some of the subjects as well. I think um, I in a roundabout sort of a way feel very fortunate that the uh the illness that I'm affected by depression is kind of more commonly spoken about um you kind of I feel like there's more material there's more services and support for for illnesses like depression and some of those more common um illnesses but hearing you speak about BPD and some of the complexities around it around getting support and the stigma that still very much exists around things I would say other than kind of depression and maybe anxiety um how is how is that because you're doing a lot of kind of public work and trying to increase awareness and education around those does it feel like there are changes happening or what what does it feel like to you I mean with everything it's a mixed bag you're always going to get those people that just don't Mm. get it or you're going to get those people that are very insecure about their own issues and they project those onto you or they project those onto let's say a post that they see on Instagram about BPD. I've had a lot of people who, who have been very understanding and who have come to me and gone, oh, actually you've really helped me because you've made me understand myself. And I guess 
for for in a short run those are the people I'm I'm speaking out for there will always be whatever you do in your life there'll always be someone who doesn't get it and unfortunately that's the, just the world we live in I don't agree with everyone in my life do you know what I mean so I don't expect everyone to agree with what I'm doing either um it'd be very unrealistic if I thought everyone had to like what I was doing and everyone had to understand it I think a lot of these mental health complex mental health issues do come with a lot of stigma because the media especially have really you know and film industry have really shown BPD in a really sort of bad light that you know and men, people with complex mental health issues are always mm. the villain and the scary person in the thriller when actually you know like let's take schizophrenia for an example or um, split personality disorder where people have got different entities and different personalities within themselves it's it's so stigmatized those sort of things it's so out there and it's always the scary villain that's got them it's not the person that's actually been through a lot of trauma that you know is portrayed in the story and and their healing journey isn't you know I've never seen a film where they're showing someone with schizophrenia who's going on a healing journey and showcasing the positives around this because like I said it's a diagnosis it's not who who you are fully and it's not a life sentence people with complex mental health issues like myself we can live in society and we can cope we just do it differently it's a bit like autism you know, or any mental health issue, you wouldn't be able to tell someone has a mental health issue by just looking at them in the street, you know? And I think that in itself is quite stigmatic because I've had people before go, we don't look like someone with BPD. And I'm like, what is someone supposed to look like? What am I supposed to look like? You know, it's a bit like victims of abuse. So you don't act like a victim. And it's like, well, again, everyone's so different. And I think the more we talk about these issues and the more we are out there, you know, like yourself with your lovely blog awards, I think it's a really good idea. I think it's awesome. Um, and with myself, with what I'm doing, I think people like us are really going to change the way things are seen. And I've noticed that a lot of people who are doing it are the same generation as me. I don't think me and you are very, I think we're a very similar age. And I think that's the thing. We saw what it was like before. And we are trying so hard to make sure that the next generation do not go through what we had to. <laughs> it's really interesting you say that, because I think there have been times when I see people that are are kind of, making certain judgments are noticeably older and are are yeah. kind of really active in this field but they seem very few and far between and I think their experiences are very different like you say I, I really like that idea of we're kind of that in between um we, we've yeah. grown up in the with the cultures and the traditions of those old values and the way that mental health was very much seen but also been yeah. young enough to kind of adjust as as that culture has started to change um, and to see some of the world that is being created by kind of the generation that are younger than us that are growing up in a world that is, is grown up with change and with more acceptance and yeah definitely still oh, yeah. stigma around essentially everything um, but some things more than others but they've seen definitely. that change and that acceptance happening in areas yeah. those public conversations as much as I kind of roll my eyes usually with like a celebrity or someone that's well known kind of sharing certain things I think well yeah but that does yeah. start the conversations and you need that at the beginning before people are kind of willing to kind of get on board and share their own stories um definitely I think that's it we're the voice yeah. of the generations before us and after us and we're saying to them, it's okay, because we've seen the extreme where it was like, oh, you've got depression, have a bit of fruit and get out. And then it's like, well, it doesn't work like that. It's chemical imbalance. It can't work like that. And then you've got now young people in schools. There's so much now in schools about mental health. Even in my school, what, 15 years ago, there wasn't. No one talked about mental health. We didn't have those interventions. I think we had one counsellor when I was in year eight and then she upped and left and then we never got another one. And it was one counsellor for the whole sort of, you know, and that was a lot of people. So now schools have got safeguarding measures you've got people like ourselves who are actively out there on social media and I think social media is a very powerful tool when used properly I do agree that it is very dangerous it's very damaging it's one of the main causes of addiction at the moment and mental health issues however if used correctly you can literally you can change lives and save them because there's two sides to one coin, you know, two sides to a coin. It's like a pendulum, you know, you have to, and we're in the middle ground of that pendulum and we're sat there like this. We know what it was like. We don't want it to get like that for the next generation. We want to break those narratives that we've seen and heard for, for yonks. Cause you know, like my mum's generation was, if you're suffering with, especially as a woman, you know, if you're suffering with anything, you stay quiet because you will get sectioned for just feeling mm. anxious back then. You know, there was medication, take, you know, Valium, that was it. And 
pop those pills and to shut, you know, to shut people up. And it was dangerous because actually what they needed was proper medication for their mental health and intervention in a different, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. And people, women, especially I feel were, were portrayed as these overdramatic sort of housewives that, you know, had all this going on and, and men on the other side as well, you know, man up, that whole man up crap. Sorry for swearing, but you know, that, that's putting it lightly. You know, there was so much on each side that now, you know, we've we've been shown differently. And I think nowadays I, I just can't wait for the for the time when none of that's the thing. I hope that we will it's see so that in our lifetime. And I think it's um in my mind as well. Like I think of some of the things that we've mentioned there. I mean, for some people, those are still things that they're living with today. But I do think it's kind of the it feels like maybe the last sort of 10 years, those those things that were maybe grassroots campaigns have started to grain uh more national attention more coverage more projects are kind of focused in on this um there's a lot of it feels like there's a lot of a push a lot of a push a lot of push for kind of increased awareness like I would like more education to be part of that rather than just awareness but at least there's that there's something there's definitely a movement going forward in a positive Mm. direction and I think with, with the me too movement um, me too at school there's a lot of other movements as well which again with social media we've been able to know about them and I think with people like us we're the voice of a lot of people that don't feel confident confident and also happy enough or maybe com- comfortable mm. enough to speak out and actually the more people that do speak out the more people that might go actually I feel brave enough to speak out and I think we need to just pat ourselves on the back because we're we're part of that movement and we're part of that generation and I think what we do without trying to sound too cheesy what we will do now will echo now in eternity even when we're long gone all the work that we will put in will still be there and we will still be helping those people slowly you know we we're, we're part of a revolutionary generation where we've seen the other side we know we don't ever want to go back there and we're helping these kids and they have no idea some of them what we had to like hear and the behaviors that we had to outlearn and out outgrow because of other generations before us who assumed that that was the right way to do stuff. It's mad actually thinking about how much I had to outgrow and probably yourself. It's mad to think how, how hard we've actually worked and you have to really sometimes stop and go, oh, wow, <laughs> I've done all of that. And in turn, I've also helped others by, by the, at the I same think, time. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> such a big thing, isn't it? I guess and that's something that's probably not yeah. very much spoken about because to some extent, I guess we've grown past those values or those uh, yeah. mindsets that we'd previously had, and we don't want to associate ourselves with them anymore. But to think about, yeah. like you say, that that growth and that change that many people, I guess, like 30s to 50s will have experienced, um, yeah. I think it is is really huge. And I think personally, I find some of the conversation we're having now around genders, I think really in a way fits into this, because it really is breaking down kind of how you perceive people. Um, yeah, definitely. And so much of, like you were talking about earlier, it's how how we see um, someone that presents as male or female and, and they should behave in a particular way. And so much of yeah. our culture and our identities were wrapped up in that, that it does feel oh, like, okay, if we start to challenge the idea of, oh, just because you want them to fit into this box, well, if you don't care, why does it matter? Like if that person's just, a person actually does yeah. that then prevent some of those st- that feels like maybe it's another it maybe it's another generation that's needed for that to happen but I, I think I think I know what you mean like for me with with any of that as long as no one's hurting anyone I don't care what you identify as if you're a good person mm. I will be your friend and do you know what I mean and I think there's so much fear I think that's the word if there's fear at the moment around different genders and, and what people want to do and it's like just let people get on with it let them live their lives if that's what they want to do let them do it do you know what I mean as long as they're not hurting anybody or doing anything illegal and that's going to damage someone else do what you need to do you know if that's what makes mm. you happy then you've got my my blessing and I will still be your friend and I think there's a lot of people that's so sad you know when they're transitioning or or when they're when they're trying to find themselves and they lose friends and family I just could never comprehend that um I just couldn't understand. I just can't imagine just disowning someone just because of what they want to, how they want to, be, what yeah. they want to be called, or I just it's it's alien to me that world. I just don't understand why someone would would even want to disown their friend or family member for that. Like it makes me really angry as well because it's like 
these are people mm. like do you know what I mean we're all humans and we should be treated that way with respect and it's it's baffling it's, it's, yeah it's I, I just think, so different yeah. isn't it like we say it's so different from 10 20 years ago and, and that the, everything oh, yeah. that was set up that had been long established in terms of I guess I can only really talk about British culture I don't know in my head it's it's pretty yeah. global um but what yeah. what has been there um so yeah I think it does feel like there's a, a a change happening and hopefully that will that will continue as we've said um one of the other things that I thought would be really interesting to kind of touch on is you were talking about the um some of the music and the creative side that you're involved with as well and obviously when we're kind of talking about mental health being creative and having those opportunities to I mean it's nice if you're good at something but just to do it and to be creative and not worry about how good it is but just to enjoy that performance side like how is that kind of um fitted into to your experience so when I was younger I wanted to be rich and famous like I was doing it for the wrong reasons even when I was 22 I'm 32 now for um for people um so when I was like let's say 22 when I started doing music seriously let's say I started releasing tracks I was so obsessed with people listening to it like I wanted everyone to like it I wanted to be the next Beyonce and I was doing it for all the wrong reasons and where I thought I was happy doing it and where I thought that's what I wanted to do there was always something missing I was always chasing something I was always you know wanting to take to grab hold of something that wasn't really there um and then I guess during lockdown funnily enough um again going back to lockdown it made me realize that it wasn't what I wanted because that pandemic you know the big superstars that were out there touring they weren't able to do that and at that moment we were all equal as musicians we were all at home on our Instagram live trying to get people to talk to us trying to like do something to pass the day and you saw so many of these celebrities going live all the time and it made me feel kind of sad for them because it was almost like you can't even just enjoy yourself you can't enjoy the the, the presence of yourself um because you're so used to being out there in the limelight and used to doing these movies and actually again my mental health brain you know because I'm a mental health worker it was I was like this is fascinating you know this is cool and and I realized that actually there was a lot of that in me you know I needed that validation to sort of exist I guess musically and in my relationships and I knew that something needed to change I kind of called myself out and I was like right I need to not do that because for me I'm never going to be happy I know for some people it might work you know I can't talk for everyone but for me personally it just didn't work and I took a break from music I did I took a very long break like for two years <laughs> um and now I'm coming back out of that the completely different style of music completely different sort of everything but I'm happy because you know what if one person hears it great if a hundred people hear it, whatever, great. I, I don't mind anymore. For me, it's about the experience and what it does to me and how it helps me because yeah, the songs I was writing, they did help me, but I was always like trying to get the attention of like big labels, you know, please this, you know, and I was, I felt like, oh my God, am I doing this because I want to help someone or am I doing this because I want to be famous? Am I staying true to myself? And I don't think the answer was yes. And that was a really hard pill to swallow because I was like, I need to not do that. <laughs> I need to not do that. And one of the things I did during lockdown is I entered Miss Great Britain with no makeup on. I entered the competition completely barefaced to promote that in other people as well. And to, to show myself actually that I didn't need this, this persona anymore, this sort of big persona. And ironically, actually, it went quite global, this, this stance. You know, a lot of people, I was on Good Morning Britain. I was on Steph's Pat Lunch chatting to people about like beauty and, and what I think beauty is and all that. And, you know, I am really glad I didn't become famous from that. I was like, thank good. When it was all over, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I do not, I do, I don't want that for myself. But that proved to me even more why beforehand I was doing it all for the wrong reasons. Now, when I do music, I write for myself. I don't have to think so hard about what, others, what other people are going to want to hear. I just write what's in here and what's in here. And it comes out easier. Before, yeah, I wrote about mental health. I wrote about my journey, but I was always second guessing what I was saying. And that's, that's not artistry. That's for me, that was no life. That was, it wasn't fair on me because I was so stressed out. I was so worried about what people would think. I was so worried about, you know, will people like me? And I think it does come from being bullied and out, outcast in school. Like I think that mentality came with me, unfortunately, into my adulthood. Um, and I am funny enough, not funny enough, it's not funny. I'm going through trauma therapy at the moment. Um, I started a couple of weeks ago, actually, for, for my childhood trauma. 
And the pandemic definitely came at the right time for me as well, because I've let go of so much crap that I didn't need to take with me into this therapy. And I've called myself out and I think it does come with age, but I did call myself out so much during lockdown. If you think from 22 to like 29, I was desperate to be famous, desperate to be liked. And part of me was like, am I doing this because I feel like this is the only way I'm going to get accepted? And am I doing this because mentally I'm still in school and I want to be liked and I want to be part of the cool kids? Am I, and I had to really ask myself those questions. And they were really hard questions because guess what? The answer was yes, I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be popular, but not because not for the right reasons, let's say. Um, and I'm kind of glad it didn't happen because it wouldn't have been the right time. It wouldn't have been right. And now anything I do is for me, you know, whatever podcast I'm on, however big or whatever, I do it because I want to do it. And I'm excited for everything that I do. And I'm, you know, when I was younger, I was like, oh, you know, oh, a radio show wants to talk to me. Oh, how many followers do they have? I was obsessed with that, you know? Now I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. Like if one person hears it and goes, you know what? I resonate with you. I feel you. I'm done I've, I've you know I've you know helped someone and that for me is more important now and yeah uh, I definitely think there was a lot that I still need to unpack in my trauma therapy but one of the things I definitely needed to let go of and I definitely needed to remind myself is that not everyone's going to like what I do and not everyone do you know what I mean and that's not a reflection on me and it's not a reflection of what I went through in school it's just how people are it's just life like I said before I don't like everything I don't like every style of music that doesn't mean I don't like the person or I don't I don't really do you know what I mean um and yeah like it, it's, it's just one of those things that I guess I've learned at the right time I'm glad that I'm not still chasing that dragon that magic dragon of fame that was just it wasn't for me like I'm not the personality actually that would be good as a famous person I'd hate it I, I like my own privacy I like my own life you know I live in a little town in well not a little but a town in Surrey I want to be able to go to the shops and and not have someone commenting on my weight mm. or oh, she's who's she eating and all this malarkey you know I think now especially fame even back then, I think it was bad as well. I mean, we saw a lot of people like Amy Winehouse, you know, we were that generation that saw all of that go on. Uh, Britney Spears, we saw that happen in front of us. This, these women and these people were getting ridiculed for everything they did. And yeah, I'm, I don't know. I think when you're a musician and, you know, you're, you're young, a lot of the things that you feel like a musician should be is rich and famous. And actually now, I just want to be rich. <laughs> I just want to be rich from it. I want to make the money. I want to enjoy that, you know, and be maybe someone else's writer, you know, something like that in the background, writing away, getting all the rights and getting all the money. But even if that doesn't go through, you know, it, it, it's not going to be the end of the world. When I was younger, it's like I was, I was working in retail. I wasn't in the job I'm in now. And I think partly why I've let that feeling of, oh my God, I need to be this. I need to be that go is because I'm in the right mm. job now it's fulfilling for me it's the right place to be at the right time and I've never ever had that in my whole life like I've always felt outcasted I always felt like the weird one out and now fingers crossed in my life like you know things are going the way they should and I've got myself there and I don't really give myself enough credit for that when I was younger I was addicted to drugs alcohol um in and out of really bad relationships and not working getting up at 5 p.m doing whatever and going to sleep at like you know you know 5am now if I look back I'm thinking you know what those things happen for I'm not going to say for a reason because I feel like that saying that is toxic but those things made me who I am today because I knew that's not what I wanted to end up as if that Mm. makes sense um you know and I was I managed to get clean I'm like now six years sober I don't touch alcohol I don't touch drugs and don't get me wrong sometimes to escape reality there's always that like temptation oh my god you know I could do this and like run away from all my issues but actually for me personally it wasn't the right thing to do and now I I am on the right track I do have a long way to go like I said I'm doing my trauma therapy I've got a lot of baggage that I need to unpack um but where I am now with my life my support network I feel safe now and I feel like this is the right time and I feel like lockdown helped me get rid of a lot of baggage that I didn't need to take with me on this side of my journey and yeah like some of the things that happened to me I wish they hadn't and when people say oh you know it all happens for a reason I I don't agree with that I think you know no one asks for those things to happen to them but for me now it is what it is I've got to make what do with what I've got you know (laughs) um and and going forward I'm I want to like I said live a happy life with a complex mental health issue and I'm sure I will manage to do that and maybe inspire other people along the way you never know (laughs) no thank you for sharing that it's really interesting to hear you kind of talk through those different lived experiences as well and how that's kind of fed into your to to where you are today because I think there is there's such a difference as to how people interpret 
those experiences of um like you say that fine balance between recognizing the importance and the impact and the role some of those experiences and traumas have played on um kind of developing us into the person we are today without kind of glorifying just the horror that people have gone through god yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't wish that on anyone and i I hate when people go oh but it made you stronger and it's like yeah, but I don't want to be stronger. I want to just enjoy my life. I'm in survival mode constantly. I'm constantly, you know, looking over my shoulder, this, that, and the other. I don't want to be no. doing that anymore. I'm 32. I want to enjoy my life. And people, I think sometimes people don't know what mm. to say. And I think that's sometimes part of the issue is that people are like, what do I say? Oh my God, panic, panic. You know what? Sometimes we don't need you to say anything. We just need you to go, I'm sorry that you went through that. I'm here if you need me. Here are some websites for some help if you need that. You don't need to help. You don't need to give me that, you know, everything happens for a reason, you wouldn't be the person you are today. I don't want to be the person I am today. I'm not fully where I need to be right now because of the things that happened to me. Do you know what I mean? I've had to catch up a lot, you know, with my peer. I got, unfortunately, kicked out of school. They all finished their A-levels. I wasn't able to do that. So anything I've learned has been from experience, but it's taken mm. me longer because I haven't had those qualifications to go, here we go. I can do this thing, you know, let me let me do it. Um, and yeah, I, I think there's that as well with our generation. We are changing those toxic sayings, aren't we? We're changing that kind of narrative of everything happens for a reason. No, it doesn't. Not always. Yeah, I, I, I definitely <laughs> feel like that's a that's a trying thing. And I think that's really yeah, people, people want to help, I think, and they don't know what else to say. So they're like, panic, I'm gonna say something that I <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like it's the it's it's one of those points where I feel like it's very dictated by the sort of conversations and the groups of people that we would interact with and the conversations that we're having, I think are very, um, I'd like to say like uh, very progressive and very accepting and encouraging and forgiving of mistakes or lack of awareness or education on certain things. But I do think um, there are times when I overestimate maybe how much the public perception or public awareness or education has increased because of the circle that I'm in. And I see those changes and these um, better, yeah, better conversations <laughs> happening. Um, yeah, it, I know what you mean. I'm on the same boat. It's that balance, that isn't it? Of, um, of sometimes it sort of miss, I think it probably misrepresents the, the level of education amongst the wider public I'm, I'm not sure I could be wrong on that I, I don't think I am no I think you're spot on <laughs> no you're spot on sometimes I forget how lucky I am with my support network and the people I know because you attract what you are do you know what I mean and I think that's very important especially with any mental health condition is to make sure you are surrounded by people that think that's not that's not me that's a chair. <laughs> um you are surrounded by those people because that's part of your recovery journey is to be around people who understand you. You know, as I said before, I'm very lucky now to be in a group of friends and in a relationship where the person understands what I'm going through in, in some extent. And they 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 understand that there's going to be days where I, I can't do the things that sometimes I can do other days. And like you said, it's all putting that into perspective mm. that, you know, we do t- sometimes, I think, take where we are with, for granted because there's a lot of people out there that really don't get it. And when you put yourself out there, you hear those opinions and sometimes they Mm. can sting. And when you see things at the moment, you know, anything about trans people or anything about anything, and you see these nasty comments, it takes every bone in my body not to respond because of my line of work. And because I just don't really want to get attacked by trolls. I have to be so careful about not attacking transphobes and people. It's so hard because I just want to go out and be like, no, stop it. We're not in that. We're not in 2022 now. And it's so hard to do because you, you know, yeah but these people I think a lot of people who don't understand things like that are very uneducated and I think in a very polite way you they just need to educate themselves do you know what I mean like learn ask those questions and I think it's a bit like in school when someone doesn't understand something they bully it they ridicule it and it's like a pattern you know if, if someone doesn't understand trans people or genders or anything like that they assume they attack it and actually maybe just message someone and ask those questions or google everything's on google just type in google what you want to know and you know what there'll be a podcast there'll be a blog learn from these people because you know what they're just trying to survive like we are that's it you know and a lot of people have had trauma a lot of people you know you don't know what someone's been through before you attack them maybe learn about their culture and it's a bit like with bpd we are constantly learning a language mentally that we don't speak so how someone without bpd will present 
is very different to how someone with BPD would present. So we're constantly learning that language. We're constantly learning, translating things into our brain constantly about how people react. Because sometimes if someone says something to me, I'm like, oh my God, are they having a go? And then my partner has to be like, no, then they're just doing this. And I have to be like, okay. And I'm learning constantly how to, how to adapt in a world that I don't really speak the language of mentally. People need to come into my world too and help me as well. And it's the same with anything, with any like mental health issue or any issue, current issue that, you know, we see being ridiculed on TV at the moment or, or on the news, you know. Um, there's a lot going on about trans people at the moment. And I think that a lot of people need to educate themselves. And instead of just attacking someone that, you know, it's a bit like with anything, those people, those famous people who are trans people might not see the comments, but your friend or someone who you know, who, who might want to talk about these things is not going to come out to you. And it's going to feel like they can't do what they need to do for their life to mm. save their life. Because Joe blogs down the road decides, actually, I'm sitting on a keyboard, drinking my coffee, I'm going to be an ass. Just, just think before. I know it's easier said than done sometimes, but just try and think who you might, who might see those comments. It's out there on social media. It's out there for everyone to see. You might be really affecting someone's decision on on how to recover or how to to help mm. themselves survive. And I think that you know, I think the human race is a greedy one. We are, and like I said, it's like bullies in school. When they don't understand something, they go for the jugular. And actually, you know it you need to just it's fear that's what it's all about it's because people are scared of something they don't understand it they think oh I've got a ridicule ask the questions about someone's culture about their heritage about why they want to be um why they're trans or, or what they feel you know they want to do with their their life and I just think there's so much that we could be doing to help everyone and you know I sound like one of those really woke people someone's <laughs> going to see this and go you're woke you're woke and I don't care you call me that if you want but you know what it's about the human race and it's about supporting everyone and as I said before, if you're not hurting anyone, just do what you need to do. You know, this is, you know, we're in this horrible, like scary world all together. Let's all just get along and try and help each other. Educate yourselves. I think that's, that's the thing, isn't it? You re- <laughs> Thank you for coming <laughs> to my TED talk. <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? Like it, 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 some of the comments I see are so baffling. And like I said, it takes every bone in my body not to be like, uh, you're wrong, but it's okay. Like, you know, and, I've got a lot of friends who, who are trans or who are transitioning, uh, who are non-binary. And I just, such brave people, such amazing humans. And these nasty people just don't get it that this is their life and this is what they need to do to, to, to survive and to, to save their own lives. And yeah, I could talk. <laughs> That's a separate. That's a separate. That because I, I've got so much <laughs> to say about that. It's so, so many nasty people that I need to address. We might be here for a couple I of hours. Otherwise. <laughs> so we're, we're round off on the, yeah, have those conversations and and, and talk yeah. to people, but also kind of recognise, I think, if someone is going through that and you want to have a conversation with them and kind of find out what's going on, it's not actually their role to, like, explain stuff to you. Like, as you said, go away and read. There'll be articles, there'll be research, there'll be blog posts, there'll be people sharing their Gross. stories. It's not necessarily down on your friend that happens to have a slight difference to you to explain all of these things to you like if you've got a good rapport you've got a good dialogue great have that conversation but, but yeah online, there's, like, so there's so much, much like there's so many activists out there that will, will help you yeah, educate there's yourself so much there. um, but I do, I do think as someone with BPD if someone asks me the questions personally I like it because one it shows that they give a damn two it shows that they're trying to change their pattern of mm. behavior. We've all got a pattern of behavior. We all ski down a certain slope, mm. you know, and if you're going to sit and educate yourself, then by all means, <laughs> ask me those questions. And I, I know not everyone's like me and out there and <laughs> angry um, about this sort of thing. But yeah, like for me, I, I really love when someone asks me the questions. Um, but for some people who aren't as outrageously outspoken spoken as me, there are websites for those for that things or there's podcasts like this you know or other podcasts or other activists out there that will, will help you and look at those you know look at those things because they will really help you and you know what your friend who's going through that transition will really appreciate you even just looking at websites and helping helping you understand them because for them that's everything you know having that friend and having that person that gets it because we're all trying to exist and we're all trying to you know be included in society and when you present as different in inverted commas it's so hard you know, it is very difficult. And, you know, we're, you know, yeah. <laughs> again, I could go on about so that forever. But you did mention yeah. <laughs> you're more than happy to have conversations. And we've talked about quite a lot of different things in there. We've talked about, wow, yeah, I've, I've noted down a few. Um, there, there's a lot in there. Obviously, if people want to find out a little bit more about 
you and the things that you're doing um, and all of the things that are going on. And um, where are some of the places that they can find out about you, Elle? I mean, I don't know if you want to know all of the things that are going on in my head. Again, you'll be here for a while. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm, oh, where else am I? I'm on Facebook as well. Good old Facebook, which has now gone out of fashion. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. I can't use that thing. So if you're looking for me, it's L Celine official. That's E-double-L-E underscore Celine, which is spelled S for sugar, E-L-I-N for November, E official. Um, yeah. If you, if you resonate with anything I've said, please do send me a message. I'm always happy to speak to people. I'm always happy to signpost you on to other things if, if needs be. But yeah, I, yeah I just, let's all just get along and enjoy what we have of life because it's so short. We're only on this planet for so long. And yeah, let's just, just be kind to people, you know? That's it. Just, just mind your own business and be kind. That's my, that's my motto. And please all go with that I one. I think that's <laughs> a very nice place for us to round off. Uh, thank you so thank much you. for sharing your lived experience, your knowledge, some of the things that are going on and um, giving people that opportunity to hear a little bit more about some of the things that you've been involved with and, and some of your lived experience as well. So thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for having me. <laughs>there are real people they do have struggles and it starts to get on my nerves i just shut down so many people suffer from mental illness to get the word out that men have got to start talking a lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation so they can appreciate yeah it's difficult dealing with our minds and the suicidal thoughts were back people knew that there was something not right but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything you're not depressed it's, it's all in your head that's probably the statement i've had people say the most i mean this 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 shit is real and it's hard it's exhausting sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission and I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that this. They just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.